One of the most difficult passages in the Torah occurs in this week's Parsha. In one week's Torah reading, Miriam dies, Aaron dies, and Moses is barred from ever seeing the promised land. But what is it that causes God to punish Moses so severely that he cannot experience the fruits of his life's labor? It begins with the death of his sister Miriam. She dies at a place called Kadesh, and immediately after her death, the congregation of Israel runs out of water. Moses must have been devastated. His big sister had watched over him as he floated down the Nile as a babe. She helped to raise him and teach him about his true heritage while he grew in the palace of the Pharaoh. From the time that they went out of Egypt, Moses, Miriam, and Aaron had never been apart. Now she had died and was buried at Kadesh. But Moses did not have a chance to mourn her. He still had an obligation to the community that he led. They were out of water, deep in the wilderness, a crisis that had almost never occurred during the lifetime of Miriam. There was just one other time, not here in Kadesh, but in Rephidim. There, God instructed Moses to quiet the thirst and calm the fears of the people as follows. Quote, Pass before the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take along the rod with which you struck the Nile and set out. I will be standing there before you on the rock at Harob. Strike the rock, and water will issue from it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so. This time was not entirely unlike the last. As before, the people gathered together and challenged Moses. And as before, Moses went to consult Adonai, who said, you and your brother Aaron take the rod and assemble the community, and before their very eyes order the rock to yield its water. Thus you shall produce water for them from the rock and provide drink for the congregation and their beasts. It continues. Moses took the rod from before Adonai as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron assembled the congregation in front of the rock, and he said to them, Listen, you rebels, shall we get water from this rock for you? And Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. Out came copious water, and the community and their beasts drank. Moses was in no mood for his followers' ingratitude. As before, he took his staff, and as before, he struck the rock with his staff. At first, nothing happened. Perhaps Moses did not understand why it had worked before, but not now. Perhaps he was merely in pain and frustrated and angry and impatient. So he took his staff once more, and while the first strike may have been a gentle tap, this was a bellowing, full-throated, full-bodied, carnival mallet-swinging wallop. The water came out this time, and not just a babbling trickle. It was a gushing geyser of sweet spring water. Who hasn't 
gotten frustrated with an inanimate object before. An elevator button doesn't call the elevator fast enough, so you mash the button again hard and repeatedly. You're working on a car and a tricky bolt won't turn, so you swing the wrench at it and swear. A jar of jam won't open after tapping the lid, so you bang it on the counter and you end up cracking it. Yes, we've all done it. And Moses was only human. I won't even get started on cell phones. Yes, Moses was only human. Many of you know exactly what happens next in the story, but if you've never heard it, it may surprise you to hear God's reaction. Adonai said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to affirm the san my sanctity in the sight of the Israelite people, therefore you shall not lead this congregation into the land that I have given them. This is the incident that caused Moses to be denied ever entering the promised land, the land of Israel. He would eventually come to stand at the far bank of the River Jordan and gaze upon the land that he had devoted his life to reaching with his people, but he would never set so much as a toe across the river. God's decree seems unnecessarily harsh. Why should Moses be forbidden from realizing his life's dream just because of such a small mistake? How could God justify taking so much away from him after Moses had already given up so much? This is one of those great questions that has haunted rabbis and interpreters for hundreds of years, as with most questions in Judaism. As with most questions in Judaism, there are multiple answers. Rashi, the great commentator, describes it as a missed opportunity. He points out that Moses was not instructed to strike the rock. Not this time. Rather, God told him to speak to the rock. If Moses had done so, according to Rashi, and done so in the sight of all the people, they would have been overwhelmed with faith in God. But because Moses did not follow God's instructions and opportunity for glorifying God and inspiring the hearts and the souls of Israel, was lost forever. Secondly, Rashi points out that Moses did not give credit to God, but rather declared that he was the one who would bring water forth from the rock. Remember, he, standing there with his brother, said, Listen, you rebels, shall we get water for you out of this rock? Other rabbis have suggested that Moses is simply held to a higher standard than the average person. God does not expect you and me to be like Moses, but only expects us each to be true to our own best selves. Moses was uniquely gifted when it came to heavenly insight. As a result of the special closeness that he had with God, he was held to a much higher standard, and losing his temper disobeying God and improperly chastising his followers was severe enough that he had fallen short of God's expectations of him. 
Earlier this week, I heard a new interpretation while discussing this on Twitter. Yes, Twitter can, in fact, occasionally be used for thoughtful, nuanced, in-depth, civil, and dare I say it, holy conversations. There I read Rabbi Ruthie Regan, who points out, Moses' staff, it's not just a stick. It has, it's a staff of authority that had been used to inflict plagues and defeated Pharaoh. It's a weapon, she says, and Moses used it in anger. She seems to be saying that Moses has a special role of authority in the community, and so he must be even more cautious about his actions. When someone has authority, it's all the more critical not to misuse or abuse their role. Power must be used and wielded cautiously. Great authority must be used with great caution. Acting in anger with an item or a weapon is a severe transgression and disqualifies someone from continued leadership. Perhaps God was saying something to the effect of, listen, Moishe, we all know how many sacrifices you've made for this little endeavor. We know your sister just died, so we're not going to fire you, but I'm sorry, we just can't renew your contract the next time it comes up. I'm sure you understand. Well, I have one final theory of my own. Yes, Moses was angry, and yes, he should have been held to a higher standard. Maybe he should have even taken some time off when he needed it after Miriam died. Mourning is not easy, and it can come out in all sorts of unexpected ways. But I think that there's something more going on here. We all face conflicts, and Moses is no different. Perhaps 90% of a person's character is determined by how they handle conflict when it arises. I don't think that it is trivial that God instructed Moses to speak to the stone. I don't believe it was just a way to show how amazing and impressive the miracle would be. I think the miracle was pretty impressive already. No, I think that the purpose of the entire story is to highlight the difference between speaking and acting. There are some situations that call for action. There are times when we are faced with trying conditions and talk is cheap. There are conflicts where we have to stand up and get to work making a difference. We have to use the force of our hands and our hearts and the sweat of our brow to make things better. Then there are other times when getting involved will only make more trouble, when placing hands on another person will escalate a situation and maybe even put people in danger. There are times when action is unwise, but thoughtful words are prudent. I don't need to point out in the news stories or everyday experiences when you know this to be true. There is a difference between action and speaking. We don't always know when to act and when to speak. We sometimes get it wrong and have to repair the damage of our missteps. But Moses knew the difference. 
He was an experienced leader with a lifetime of wisdom and the direct word of God to guide him. While we are often left without divine insight into whether we should speak or act, God spoke directly to Moses. Order the rock to yield its water. Moses did not have to guess. He knew that this was a time for words, not actions, but he ignored it. This is why God had to chastise him so harshly. That's why he could not enter the promised land. We do not have the benefit that Moses had. We don't always know for sure whether it is a time for talk or for action. But, like Moses, we can seek the guidance of God. The act of thinking things through, especially in times of anger, empowers us to hear the voice of wisdom. Shabbat Shalom.